Amen and amen. See? Can you hear me? Narinig ba ako? Yes? Alright. Awesome. Hi guys. Um, welcome to Big Mandaluyong. And my name is Kevin. I am a graphic artist, a servant from uh, CCF Makati, husband to a beautiful worship leader and uh, strengths coach who is my wife. And I'm going to be your speaker today. So welcome. No, um, before, before I start, uh, I haven't seen you guys in a while, in, a, in almost two years. And this is also my very first time speaking in almost two years, actually. Uh, nauna pa kayo actually sa CCF Makati when it's ano. So, you know, guys, it's, it's really nice to see you again. And can I ask, is there anyone who's been attending for the first time in the, in the past couple few weeks since, since pandemic? May first timer ba? Or, or may shy lang? I won't force you. I'm also an introvert, so I'm not gonna force you to raise your hand. But if you're here for the first time, welcome. And we really just uh, love you here. We love first timers here. You're very welcome here. And today, we're gonna be going through a series uh, called This is Church. This is Church. And um, curious, no? This is Church. And when it comes to this series, we're going to answer a, a question, no? And the very mysterious question that we're going to answer is, what is, what is church? What is church? Ano ba yung church? Ano ba tong pinupuntahan natin for almost five weeks na? Uh, is it this place that we are going to? Is this the people that we are going around? Right? What is the definition or how do we define what church is? And to go through that, we're going to go through the passage of the book of Ephesians. So we're going to crawl through the book of Ephesians to find out uh, what it says about what this thing called church is. So it's going to be a four-part four study and it's going to be a crawl through or a, not, not such a slow crawl through the book of Ephesians. So it's going to be a book study. Today we have a very important topic and it is called This is Life. This is Life. What is Life. Now we're going to be talking about a very important factor of what makes a church a church. Right? Ano na ba? Excited na ba kayo? Am I the only one excited here to go through the book of Ephesians? Uh, before we start, why don't we open in a word of prayer? Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the guidance that it gives us about life, about how we are to live, Lord Father. And God, that the, the hope that it brings us, Lord Father, God, as we study your word, as we go through it, Lord Father, may we learn more, Lord God, about our church, about this family we have in Christ, and how you have designed it, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord God, for enlightenment. Guide us with the Holy Spirit, Lord Father. Speak through me, Lord Father. Override my preparations, Lord God, that we might all learn from you today, Lord Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's get through it. So book of Ephesians, this is church. And the book of Ephesians was written by 
Apostle Paul to the church of Ephesians. How do we know? Because it says uh, at the start, Paul, an apostle of Christ, so there's an introduction, and there is an indication to who he is talking to. So we know it was written by the Apostle Paul, and it was written to, it says here, the saints who are in Ephesus. The saints who are in Ephesus. Are we following so far? Dali lang pala tong Bible study na to, no? Very, very simple. So let's move forward, right? In Ephesians 1, Paul gives us a truth bomb, right? He gives us a whole bunch of statements that say a whole lot of truth about who we are and who we are in Christ. One of those, in the start, in Ephesians 1 verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. One thing to note about this passage, it says that we should be holy and blameless before him. He says he chose us before him that we should be holy and blameless. And this is amazing and this is fantastic because one of the realities is that we are not holy and blameless before Christ. In fact, we are the opposite. Right? In Romans, it says, what does it say? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All, that is you and me, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This word sinned in Greek is hamantano, hamartano, which means to have missed the mark. Nagmintes, uh, you missed the mark. If, you're, if there was a bullseye, we are, you know, in the, in the left wall of where, wherever the bullseye was. We missed the mark. When it talks about holy and blameless, that is not us. We are evil and we are blameful, right? Guilty of the sin that we have. And that is our reality. That, that is the reality of the people that he was talking to. Paul was talking to. When you say holy and blameless, kami ba yun? Eh parang pag tinignan ko yung buhay ko, parang ang dami kong sin sa buhay ko. Parang ang dami kong kasalanan. Right? I, I don't have a clean slate. But it says here, it says here, that God chose us that we should be holy and blameless before Him. This thing, this sin, ano na yan? Wala na yan. One more amazing fact about this is that when he says he chose us to be holy and blameless, when he says he chose us to be holy and blameless, it says he chose us in him and he chose us before the foundation of the world. Pinili tayo bago pa mabuo yung Mundo. Can you imagine how fantastic that is? Right? When it says that God chose you and me, even before we were born, even before our parents were born, 
even before our parents' parents were born, it says God chose us that we should be holy and blameless before Him. What does this mean? It's, it means even before we got to do anything, right? We got, even before we got to clean our lives up, before we repented, you know, turned away from our wicked ways, even before all of that, it says we were already chosen. This is where we get the word predestined, right? Ito yung favorite word, I'm sure. Uh, since Peter Paul is one of your uh, teachers here, that you have already encountered this word predestined for us, right? And I, do, I don't know about you, but it, this still blows my mind, right? I, can't, I still can't wrap around my mind around the concept of being predestined, right? Um, we get that from uh, the word pre and destined. Diba? Pre meaning before, destined meaning destination. Or pararatingan, if you're romantic, destiny. So before and destiny. We get that in Romans, right? In Romans it says, in Romans 8.29 it says, For those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And the concept there is, before we had to, before we were able to do anything, before we could do anything to deserve the grace of God, we were already chosen even before days began. God already knew what he was doing from the beginning. From the beginning. Ang galing, no? This concept still blows my mind in that, you know, God, even... Even before all, everything began, you already knew and said that I would come to you, right? Now, some of this has a lot of different implications when it comes to our faith. Uh, one thing to note that in Romans, it also says, whom he foreknew, he predestined. So, I don't know about you, but I'm still trying to figure that out. How does this work? Do I believe in Christ? I can't answer you right now. I have my thoughts, but I think this is going to be another five weeks of discussion over just this, this topic. So, iwan na muna natin yon. But, the point that I want to take is that even before time began, it says that God chose us in Him that we should be holy and blameless. Holy and blameless before God. How amazing that fact is, right? Because if you imagine uh, Isaiah, right? In Isaiah, it says that there was one point that God gave him a vision or God, God took him into his throne room. And the first thing that he said when he saw God in his majesty, in his splendor, in his wonder was, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. Sabi niya, lagot ako because of my sin. I cannot come before God because I am not holy and blameless. And we cannot face God unless we are. God is so holy, God is so clean, God is so just that He cannot be in the presence of anything 
less. That's why Isaiah said, lagot ako. When he came and saw God. And that is the reaction that we should all have had when it comes to being in the presence of God. Right? God said, I cannot show my face to you. So he, he hid his face, right? That is God to us. Hidden, far away, so that we would not be judged by him. But it, he says that we were chosen to be holy and blameless. Meaning, we are clean, we are holy, we can come into his presence. Chapter, verse 3 and 4 and 5 pa lang yan. So that, this is why I'm telling you, this is a truth bomb. God chose us. God chose us that we should be holy and blameless. Right now, we're going to be talking about life. What it means to be alive. What the Bible says about life. And for all of us, I'm going to be showing us realities about who we are and what God has done to give us this life. And so from what we have studied already in the, past, in the previous verse, it says we were chosen. Chosen even before, before the days began. We were chosen. And we were justified. We were justified, meaning made holy and blameless. We were cleaned. We were made righteous before God. So, it continues, no? He chose us that we should be holy and blameless. He predestined us for this word, adoption. He predestined us for adoption. Fun fact is that I am actually adopted um, by my biological father. Uh, so they weren't married when they had me. <laughs> uh, they weren't married when they had me. So because of the law back then, kailangan i-declare nung father ko that I was his son. So he had to legally adopt me and declare that I was his child because of Child Act for something-something, ganun-ganun. So my biological father had to actually go through the process of adopting me. And this process of adoption is declaring uh, under, under the law that I am the legitimate son of my father. Even if I was not the legitimate son of my father, he would declare that I was his son. Gets ba natin yung nangyari sa adoption? Because this is the very same thing that is happening to us. Right? When, we, when it says we are predestined for adoption into himself as sons through Jesus Christ, it says that God was declaring us as his children. He was saying, anak ko yung mga yan. Isn't that so amazing? Can you, can you tell your neighbor, oh, Pastor Peter style, can you tell your neighbor, I am a child of God, right? Okay, I will steal that from Pastor Peter now. But we are children of God. We are children of God. Not just justified before Him. Not just clean slate. I can come before God without fear of being, uh, without fear of being uh, smitten or stricken down. 
Not just that, but it says that I am adopted into his family as sons. God is my father. Now, for some of you, that is a lot more significant than it is to others. But God is a perfect father to us. And we can look to God as if we were his sons. What does that mean? Relationship-wise, that's major. Right? From acquaintance to employee to father. If a COO, son of owner, right? My, my dad used to have a company and when I would go in the office, diba, usually there would be a secretary na pipigilan yung mga tao. Ah, teka lang, ano po yung kailangan nyo dito? Dito muna kayo sa waiting room. Diba? Ah, tingnan ko po kung may appointment kayo. But since I was my father's son, I had direct access. Wala kayo. <laughs> Don't stop me. I'm gonna go talk to my dad. That is the meaning of being adopted into God's family as sons. A different kind of access to, to the Father. It says, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Isn't that just amazing? Now, if you look at you and me, how imperfect we are, how we've used our lives, it says God chose us, justified us, adopted us according to the purpose of His will. It says that we are sons through Jesus Christ. And it is in Him that we have redemption. Adoption, redemption, has a process. Diba? May pinagdadaanan na court uh, process when, when you go through the process of adoption. Even when you go through uh, justifying someone diba, in court, you have to go through the court and the judge has to Declare someone innocent. The same process happens with the Lord. Because that process, because of God being perfectly just, He cannot just declare, oh, malinis na lahat yung slate na yan. And it would be so. Because it would be going against who He is. A perfect God, holy and just. And so it says that when we were justified and we were adopted, it was through Jesus Christ. It says, in him, we have redemption. In Jesus, we have our redemption. And it says it is through his blood. Now, all of these things, our slate being wiped clean, ourselves being adopted into the family of God, our salvation, all of that isn't free. It's not free. But the thing is, we weren't the ones to pay it. 
Salvation isn't free, but we weren't the ones to pay the price. It says that we have redemption through the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ in his sacrifice on the cross made it so that we, our slates can be wiped clean. Because Jesus paid the price that we could not pay, we can then be adopted into his family. Through Jesus, we have the forgiveness of our trespasses. And so imagine yourself now. Imagine your life before, what your life was like. And Ephesians says that before the beginning of time, God chose to free you from all of that. And God was willing to have his son pay the price to be able to give us that. To be able to give us justification, to be able to take us into his family, to be able to take us into himself. So, when we talk about life, we're talking about being chosen, justified, adopted, and redeemed. Yan. Sino nag-shoppy dito? Or ano, may narinig akong notification kanina. Uh, ano, hindi na natin ipapoint out kung saan ko banda narinig yung notification. But, in Shopee, Lazada, you have coupons, right? And these coupons, you have to exchange for something. Diba? You have to exchange for something. That's the picture of redemption, right? We were redeemed. We were taken from death into God's family, into God's fold. We were taken from death into life. But that, that process of redemption had an exchange. There was an exchange for it. And that exchange was the very Son of God himself. A very son of God himself. So we were chosen, justified, adopted, redeemed, and it says that we are forgiven. Forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. Praise be to God's grace. Right? And I don't know about you, but when I look back into my life, and I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, <laughs> yung, ano nyo, what do you call this? Your, uh, your gas-gas na testimony start. I grew up in a Christian family. But what's, what's the bad thing about growing up in a Christian family was, there was a time that I chose, I don't want to follow God anymore. And this was around college. And that continued the downward spiral in my life. And the thing that I regret the most is that I already knew about Jesus and forgiveness and redemption and what he did for my life. And then I told God, I don't want that. I want to have fun instead. And this is one of the biggest wastes of my life that I could have seen. 
And one of the biggest things that impacted me when I realized that all of this was not worth it and that I needed to come back to Christ was that he was ready to forget what I did, to forget that I rejected him, to forget that I wanted to go on my own way. May parable pa about what I, what I did. It's the, the, prodigal, the prodigal son. Diba? Ito yung wag mong gawin, pero yun yung ginawa ko. And in spite of that, like the prodigal son's father, God was willing to forget all of the things that I did and take me back into his family. And that is what God is willing to do for us. It says we are chosen, justified, redeemed, adopted, forgiven, and we are also heirs. What does that mean, heir? Ephesians 1 continues, it says, In Him, we have obtained an inheritance. In Him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Dab, can I have my, ano, my tea? Thanks. <laughs> um, it says that we have obtained an inheritance. What does that mean, inheritance? No? Uh, yung tea, love, yung, yung tea. The, yeah, the tea. Thanks. My wife, everybody. <laughs> um, and obtain an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. What does this mean to have an inheritance? Right? Mana. May mana, may looking forward, right? Medyo morbid, diba? But when we talk about inheritance, when we talk about mana, some way or the other, we are looking forward to something, Right? It's just that in this earth, it kind of involves someone having to die before we get it, right? But in, tanggalin mo na yung someone having to die nun, pagka may mana tayo, there is something that we look forward to, right? That we, that we say, oh, someday I will inherit something, right? Maybe it's, you know, yung something prized from, from your parents or something. Okay, just a minute. Two years, mag, <laughs> magsalita for this long. So inheritance, it says in 1 Peter 1 verse 3 and 4, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. That is the inheritance that we are looking forward to, right? When it says the in, when it says when it talks about the inheritance, it says it's imperishable, undefiled, unfading. Meaning, nothing can take that inheritance away from you. Nothing can corrupt that inheritance into something less than than it is, and nothing can uh, minimize or make it less than it 
than it actually is. Yung inheritance that, that it is mentioning is never going to fade. For whatever happens in our lives, we will always have that inheritance to look forward to. And what is that inheritance? It is the kingdom of God. In simple terms, we are looking forward to heaven. And no one can take that away from us. And that's why it says that He has caused us to be born again into a living hope. Right? No matter what you are going through in this world, right? no matter what your reaction is to our current events, what is happening to your life, at the end of days, we are looking forward to a living hope that is in Christ. That after all of this is said and done, we are going to be back in Him, uh, back with Him, and praising and glorifying Him. Right? Isn't that amazing? Kahit ano mangyari sa buhay ko, at the end, I have an inheritance, a kingdom to look forward to. And so when we talk about life, we're talking about life that has a living hope. A hope that no one can take away from us. No matter the circumstance that we are in. No matter the situation that we are in. This is our hope. And this is what Christ has chosen to give to us. Are we still following so far? Okay pa naman tayo. We now go to being sealed. Sealed. Uh, ano ba ibig sabihin ng sealed? Um, sealed meaning, uh, yeah, sealed. You know what sealed means, guys. It says in verse 13, In Him also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. And so this is what being sealed means. Before that, it says, in Him, when you have heard the word of truth. The word of truth. And when we are talking about life, when we are talking about life in Christ, this is the way that we come to that life. When we heard the word, through the word, Jesus Christ, the word become flesh, and then through the testimony of the apostles who gave testimony to the word, who is Christ, when you heard it and you believed in him that is how you have come to have life when that happened when you believed that when you believed in Christ you were sealed with the promise of the holy spirit you received the holy spirit and it was a seal it was a guarantee of your inheritance a guarantee of our inheritance that means that when you have the Holy Spirit, when you show that you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you can be sure of this inheritance. This is why when your leaders and your D-group leaders always want to see a change in your life, a change in behavior, a sign that the Holy Spirit is there in your life, this is what we are looking forward for. 
It's like, we want to be sure that we also see our brothers and sisters in heaven at the end of days. That's why we also want to know for, for ourselves and for yourselves. Diba? In James, it says, uh, be, uh, be glad when, when your faith is tested because teste, testing produces endurance, endurance produces something else, and then that something else... Uh, Okay, I forgot what the verse is, but in, in essence, the, when our faith is tested, the result is that for ourselves, we also know that our faith is real. So that's why we also want to show ourselves the signs that we have the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the sign or the seal that we have all of these gifts, the gifts of life, that we are expecting a eternal reward, an, uh, an inheritance at the end of days. That's why when you look at Acts, when you look at the book of Acts, it was very, very significant for them that people, when they came to believe in Christ, started speaking in tongues. Why? Because speaking in tongues was a sign that they had the Holy Spirit. Back in that day, right? So some, some, I know in ours is the fruit of the Holy Spirit today, right? We see someone who has love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And that's a singular, I know, if you have all of that, you must have the Holy Spirit because that is impossible for anyone else, right? Amen? And so the Holy Spirit is our seal and our guarantee that we have a heavenly inheritance. And that guarantee, when you know that, no one can take it away from you. It says, no one can take them from my hand. Wow, I'm going faster than I thought I would. But that's a good thing. So we have more time for breakout. Ephesians so far has told us so many things about life. We were chosen, we were justified, we were adopted, we were redeemed, we were forgiven, we are heirs to a great inheritance, we are sealed. And this is what life means. This is what you have instead of death and the consequences of our sin by the grace of God. Instead of what we deserve, we instead are looking forward to a eternal fellowship with the Lord. And so this is what life means. And if you put people together who have life, that is what you call church. What, that is what you call the body of Christ. Very plain and simple. Simply put, the church is people. It's not a place. It's not a building. The church is people. And when you say people, it's people who are alive in Christ. The church is people who are alive in Christ. When God called people to himself, when God called people into his family, he also designed it so that that family would live life together. 
live life alongside one another. The Christian life is not something that you live alone. And that is why we do this. And that is why we have fellowship. That is why we have D-group. And that is why for a lot of you, you have someone that you can call at 1 a.m. in the morning and tell them about something that you are going through. We suddenly, when we came to Christ, have a family of believers that we have together. That is church. Simply put, people who are alive in Christ, who know the love of Christ, who can love with the love of Christ, and also knows his purpose and his will. But if you notice, when we went through our study, we skipped a few verses. We know now that the church is people who are alive in Christ. But what for? What for? And if you notice in that last verse, when it talks about the Holy Spirit, and when it talks about uh, our salvation, it says it has this uh, statement here. It says, to the praise of His glory. To the praise of His glory. In fact, if you read back, we can encounter it a few more times. When it talks about our inheritance and the inheritance we received, it also has in there so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. Even when it talks about us being chosen in the beginning of uh, time, He predestined us for the adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will to the praise of His glorious grace. Now everything that Ephesians has said so far that Christ has done, that God has given us, was to be for the praise of His glorious grace. And that is also our purpose. That was our purpose actually from the beginning. When God created man, He said, let us make man in our image so that we can be a reflection of Him. And people who were dead, now become alive, are now meant to go back into that purpose of reflecting God's light into the world, into the people around you, your office mates, your family, your barcada, your friends, people you went into college with. That's me. And so, what is the church? The church is people who are alive in Christ, right? Who are called to the praise of His glory. We were brought into God's family so that we can glorify God with our lives. On this earth, that is our purpose. In heaven, that's also going to be what we're going to be doing. But how do you do that? I mean, how do you fulfill that in your life? And that is something that we're going to be studying in the weeks to come. 
But remember this. The church, this thing we have, you and me, what we have together, is people who are alive, who were once dead, who were once hopeless, who were once living in sin, now alive, filled with a living hope, looking forward to an inheritance to the future, and now who are called to glorify God in their lives. And that's just 16 verses of Ephesians. We have three more weeks, so I hope you're, you're excited for, for the following weeks of these, this series. But that, that section of Ephesians 1, it ends with a prayer. It says, Paul was saying so far until verse 16, that this is who you are in Christ. You are alive in Christ. This is what you have in Christ. And now that I have seen that and I have heard about you having life, I am very thankful for you. And it ends with a prayer. It ends with a prayer for them, which I will show, but I will also uh, pray for you right now as we close. And as we call um, Kyle to come here and so that he can play guitar and give my voice a bit more impact, you know, so that, <laughs> so that we can, you know, para mas may effect, Kyle, thanks. But this, the following verses is a prayer for Paul to the people of Ephesus. And this was when he heard about this church about these people who have shown the love of Christ, who have shown that they were alive. And so he says, I pray this prayer for you, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And, that, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that worked, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Father God, thank you, God, for giving us life. Father, thank you for your great gift that we have not deserved, Lord Father but you chose to give us anyway. God, as we consider the church, Lord Father, may we look as to one another as full of life, as people who have hope, as people who are looking forward to a great inheritance in you, Lord Father, fellowship with you. But also, Father, while we are here and while we are on this earth, may we heed the call, Lord Father, that we are to be glorifying you with our lives. 
showing, Lord Father, our hope in you and your grace towards us, Lord Father. God, may we come together, Lord Father, and build one another up, Lord Father, so that we could further fulfill that purpose in you. Father, thank you for this gift. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for life, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.